0: We'll be
1: discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news, real news, Christmas everyone Tomorrow is Christmas Day Today The government is supposedly shut down I thought maybe we could start the show With a little bit of music What do you think? Let's get us in the mood
2: You know on second thought Yes I really can't stay. Baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. Baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been hoping that you drop so in. very nice. I'll hold your hands. They're just like ice. My mother will start to worry. Beautiful, what's your My hurry? My father will be pacing the floor. Listen to the fireplace so roar. So really, I'd better skirt. Beautiful, please don't well, hurry. Well, maybe just a half a drink more. Put some records on while I fall. The neighbors might But maybe it's bad out there. Say, what's in this no drink? What to be had out there? I wish I knew how. Your eyes are like stars to right break now. this spell. I'll take your hat. Your hair looks swell. I ought to say no, 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 Mind sir? if I move any closer? At least I'm gonna say that I tried. What's the sense of hurting my pride? I really can't Oh, baby, stay. don't hold out, baby. Oh, it's, it's cold, cold outside. outside. Baby, it's cold outside. The answer is but no. Baby, it's cold outside. The welcome has How been. Lucky that you dropped so in. Nice and warm. Look out the window. At that storm. My sister will be... Smelling. Gosh, your lips look delicious. My brother will be there at the door. Waves up on a tropical shore. My maiden aunt's mind is vicious. Gosh, your lips are delicious. Or maybe just a cigarette more. Never such a pleaser before. I've got to get But maybe you'd freeze out there. Say, lend me a coat. It's up to your knees out there. You've really been I grand, thrill when you touch but my hand. don't you see. How can you... Do this thing to me. It's bound to be talked tomorrow. Think of my lifelong At sorrow. At least there will be plenty implied. If you got pneumonia, undying, I really can't get stay. over that old doubt. Ah, oh, but it's, it's cold, cold outside. outside. I really can't but stay. baby, it's cold outside. I've got to go away. But baby, it's cold outside. This evening has been, been hoping that you drop me. So oh, very nice. I'll hold your hand.
1: Uh, So, Merry Christmas everyone. I don't know if, um, like myself, you're having a white Christmas. It is freezing up here. Uh, It's not as cold as it should be where I'm at, but it's pretty cold. Now, I thought maybe today we could start by backtracking the past six weeks, so that way we can discuss money. And I've always said, follow the money, follow the money. But before we get into the U.S. Treasury and money, I thought we could talk about Khashoggi a bit because he's back in the news and now people are starting to even leftist media because we need to be able to discern between left and liberalism, right? Liberals were always a bit more progressive, but liberals were always about the Constitution too, right? They were about less government. Leftists were about more government. And the reason I'm saying this is because people use leftists and liberals interchangeably, and I'm also one of those people that kind of use it. Uh, I usually use a term "libtard," uh, which is not very uh, politically well—not it's not a nice, period. Let alone politically correct. But I'm okay with that. I just wanted to make that dissertion uh, for for everyone to be able to understand the differences, because liberals were uh, libertarians; they were the ones that were always supporting the Constitution, uh, though they were progressive in some sense. They were all about the Constitution and trying to make those progressive ideas fit into the foundations of our nation. So the leftists are now finding indications that indeed uh, Khashoggi was not, uh, you know, as he seemed to be. Even the Washington Post was like, Oh, we didn't um, know about this. We didn't know that someone else was helping him write articles for us. We didn't know he had Qatari links. And I'm thinking, well, when his girlfriend, who nobody knew about, his fiance, right, who nobody knew about, not even his family knew about, was the one that spearheaded this whole campaign with her. We separated at the square and I was waiting for him and he never came out and I had his phone. You know, how is it that no one did their homework on Miss How did nobody do their homework and see that she wrote the book on Qatari and Oman relations? She's like a Qatari expert. And remember, Qatar and Saudi Arabia do not see eye to eye because the Saudi Arabians had told them, if you allow these pipelines to go from you through Iraq, just, you know down to Syria and siphon oil to the European Union, you know, they're siphoning, they're using us. Why are you selling out our, you know, area? Because it, think of it this way. The kingdom of Saudi Arabia and the Arab nations there all have eons of history together. They may not all like each other. They may, And they all differ just a bit. But they're all on the same, you know, air quote, team. It's kind of like saying Alaska, going off and saying, well, I, I'm going to do a deal where I give all my oil to, you know, Russia to sell. And, you know, the rest of the United States is like, come on, man, we're a team. You're part of the United States. And Alaska's like, no, we're not. We're not. We're over here. We're doing our own thing. I don't care if we're neighbors. We want to make money for ourselves. And that's what this is Exactly. The same thing that's happening on in the Middle East, among these countries of Oman, Yemen, Qatar, Kuwait, underneath the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, because Saudi Arabia was the epicenter of, you know, the Islam faith of that kingdom. It was a kingdom. It was for for thousands of years. That's not going to change. So anyone thinking, well, they're independent, they are, but they aren't really because they've all subscribed under one crown at different points of time. So they have those deep set foundations. You know, I found it actually curious that the president said that he spoke with Turkey, had a great conversation with um, Erdogan. You know, how can you have a great conversation with that man? That man right now, Turkey's... Turkey right now is in a position where they are freaking out. They are completely freaking out. They don't know which way to go. Do we go with with Trump? Because they don't even know what he's done already. You don't know what he's done already. I don't know everything he's done already. So today we're going to look at the things that he's possibly done already that we don't know about. Kind of like getting out those spies from our U.S. embassy in Moscow. That nobody knew about. And this is probably going to shed a lot of light into what's to come, right? Because he's done so much in the background that we have no idea about. We've got 10 days of a dark government. You know, they're off. They're turned off. And on the 1st of January, a lot of stuff goes into effect that I believe will blow our minds when we see it. 2019 is going to be one heck of a ride. He has done so much already, we, we, and we don't know it. But before we get into energy and that, we talked about Khashoggi. I've said it from day one. It was a setup. We all know the Turkish government even admitted that they were paying the campaign for Khashoggi we all know this fiance never existed but she kind of existed only because the mainstream media said she's existed we know it was a manufactured event by the turkish government and with the help of the mainstream media try to push foreign policy you know if they scream loud enough if they pay enough people in congress and the senate they can push our president to refuse working with Saudi Arabia they've successfully done one thing which is point out that we shouldn't be in Yemen and we shouldn't be involved which I find a little bit wrong we should support Saudi Arabia because they are on our team but if we're pulling out it would be kind of along the same lines of why we're pulling out of Syria it's really none of our business If Yemen decides that they're going to kneel down to the Iran-Oman tensions from the EU and allow them to extend a pipeline into Yemen, then so be it. Allow them to do it. Other people will block it. Of course, Russia will attempt to block it, just like they're doing in Syria. They're fighting that war, not because they're super friends with Syria, but they know that if Syria falls and there's an alternative avenue to siphon oil from the Middle East, they get cut out of the deal and lose money. So, you know, nobody should think that Russia, or our country in any case, or any country that for that matter, is in a war or supporting another country because they're nice or because they have feelings or because they care. It's because they will lose money. And that's the whole bottom line. That's the point. So us pulling out of Syria... Is incredible because we've just told the world we're not helping to fund this. You want to destroy another country so that you can have access to oil and gas, then so be it. And you know, I started talking about this in mid November when I was telling you all about Turkey and the relations that they have in the oil and gas community. And lo and behold, now it's all coming out to the forefront. People are starting to catch on. Uh, I would say that the that the conservative uh, journalists the conservative investigative journalists that are starting to beat to their own drum because unfortunately they also beat to the mainstream media drum are starting to tell you these things are starting to shape that notion and explain to you why we were there how we were there you know many people keep parroting the same thing. Oh, well, look at President Trump. Within two years, he destroyed ISIS. Yes, because he cut funding. Number one, you can't have, you know, these factions, these terrorist cells running if you're not funding them. It costs a lot of money. And self-admittedly, Obama said that they were funding them as rebels and to help them overthrow bad, bad governments because we know best, right? Well, those... That funding was continual through him and Hillary Clinton to actually execute things. I was having a discussion yesterday after church with a fellow friend of mine, and he said, well, you know, everyone looks to the United States, you know, because we help them. And I was like, no, we orchestrate everything. That's the thing. We've always orchestrated everything. We've made ourselves that leader. This is why we police places. This is why we have bases all over the world when other countries don't, because we've dictated global policy. We've spearheaded this project. We've taken the idea of the United States, which was an idea to allow people from all over the world to separate church and state and come together and work under one common law of freedom, right? But obviously, we are now realizing that it is an illusion for the past few decades. It was never about keeping us free as our founding fathers intended it to be. And it was always, if fallen into the wrong hands, which it did, uh, is to remove control from us and give more power to them. So it's very important for us to to understand that. We all had a hand in it. I did, you did, everybody did. We forfeited rights. We forfeited uh, our freedoms in the name of fear, in in the name of terrorism, and in the name of globalism. And so we have to understand that we were spearheading everything. Uh, General Mattis' letter states that uh, if you go back and listen to speeches that Obama has done, Hillary Clinton has done, just listen to it with fresh eyes, understanding that we are the leaders we were the leader of this idea of creating this global order and this new world order as if you google if you go to youtube and look for a video of mattis's confirmation you will see the late turncoat mccain Asked General Mattis, do you believe the new world order is under attack? He said, yes, it is. The world order is under attack right now. So, and then he said, it's Russia and China. Yeah, those are the countries that don't want to be part of it. And they're enemies of the world order. And those enemies of the world order are our, our, our allies. But we always, you know, keep that distance. They're not like super buddies, Right. But they're on the same page with what we as Americans want, which is less government, less ruling, less expenditures, and to look after our own country. It's not bad to say that. I don't know why people feel that it's a bad thing to want to reinvest in your own country and your own people. They make you feel as if, well, you're saying it, it's racist. You want to close your borders and build your nation. What's so wrong about that? I mean if you want to invite people to stay over to your house, don't you put your house in order first. You don't bring them in with a house that's dirty without a bed for them to sleep in, right? You make sure that it's tip-top, that you have the anemones to provide to your guests, you know, and you put your house in order before you open the doors. What's so wrong about us putting our house in order before we open doors and doors that we can shut? right? Not open borders. I'm just saying, it's like, it's it's as if the left is, is trying to perpetuate an idea to us that wanting the best for our country is racist, that it's wrong. And that's what they've been doing for many years, decades even. And we have presidents that have, you know, fought for that right, fought for this idea of less government and less control and paid for it with their life. The last speech that Kennedy gave was, you know, I know there's a plan, something along the lines of, I know there's a plan to enslave every man, woman, and child of this world and I will do my best to, you know, stop it or something along those lines. And what happened to him? He was shot right after that. Reagan also had great ideas. And he thought, once I get the presidency, I'll get it all in motion. And the minute he started you know, saying, less government, let's do this, let's do that, they shot him, and he lived. And this is why I say that Bush 41 had a three-term presidency. Because Reagan was there every now and then, feeding his base so no one gets upset. But he knew he sold his country out to live. He knew because he didn't know... Exactly how deep the deep state and this organization is. And this is why President Trump is awesome, because he knew how deep it is. For decades, he's been at many of their fundraisers. Uh, You know, he was by their side through different events. Always speaking about politics, even though politics was not his forte. He was a real estate mongrel, He would talk about it. He would make sense. I mean, 80s, 90s, and early 1000s, he would talk about it. Rubbed elbows with all of them. He knew exactly who and what. And the thing is, they met their match. The deep state met their match. When, they, when this man, who actually had money to challenge their corporate media and their money... He, he took him down. And today, I'm going to demonstrate to you how he's been doing this underneath our noses, and none of us had detected it. Kind of like, again, I'm reinforcing. There was a spy within our embassy that had access to all information, even Secret Service information. And he found her. He watched her. And then he removed her along with the ambassador. But that went under the radar. Maybe even the mainstream media, the corporate media didn't report on it because they didn't know about it. He is doing so much that we have no idea, one, how he's doing it. We're just assuming that it's Huber and his massive team of thousands upon thousands other attorneys and investigators. But you would have to think if his team was that large, you know, you're pretty damn sure that the. Deep State will find find one of them to flip, convince one of them to speak. So we really don't know his methods. And like I've said before, as someone who is, you know, supposed to be working in a covert way, when, you, when you're, you know, a 007, when you're, you know, a spook, you don't care if they find out who you are. I mean, you do, but it doesn't matter. It's them finding out your methods. And the deep state is in full panic because guess what they don't know? President Trump's methods. But the thing is, he doesn't hide it from you or them. He tells you about it. He tweets about it. He lets you know about it. But the thing is, when he tweets about it, you know it's already done. I wanted to um, quickly touch base on a uh, subpoena request that was done. Uh, f- you know, for the next, you know, 20 minutes. I just wanted us to talk about this. I had I had told you last week, and I spoke last uh, the week before that, about Obama and his relationship with Perkins Coy. I also made known to you through an article about Perkins Coy where you could go to com and find the article, just put in the word Perkins uh, in the search bar, and it'll come up where I explain to you what kind of relationship or what kind of company this is, this law firm. This law firm that represents every single person in this global network. This law firm that represented, okay, represented Osama bin Laden's right-hand man. And this law firm that has been working closely with Chief Justice Roberts. This is key, For a lot of things. And obviously me tweeting about it so openly uh, and talking about it so openly, I'm pretty sure if I know about it and I can, you know, draw the connect the dots and get the full picture, you better be sure that our president has. And he's done it way before me because he has access to more intelligence and more, I would say, direct contacts with these things. Now, Politico had uh, written up an article where I said this is how bad um, news happens. They literally stated that there is a a subpoena that's related to a Mueller grand jury linked case, which is not the case. It says a foreign government-owned company that appears to be locked in a subpoena fight with special counsel Robert Mueller is taking the battle to the Supreme Court. Okay. Number one, they're wrong. This subpoena battle has nothing to do with Mueller himself. Well, no, with the Mueller investigation himself. Let's not say Mueller himself. An investigation himself. This is a foreign-based company that has operations here. Now, let's remember... What American, what treasonous American have I been telling you about created a company in Luxembourg, based in Luxembourg, with offices worldwide? Brennan, right? I also gave you names last week and companies like Harris IT within the United States that are implicated. This is what the subpoena is about has nothing to do with Russia, Russia, Russia collusion, Trump, you know, investigation. This is linked to the ongoing Uranium One investigation. I urge you to look back to March of 2018, where President Trump's counsel, where the Department of Justice requested the judge to not unseal any documents in the Hillary Clinton investigation. Because the Clinton investigation doesn't just include Clinton. It includes every single person that has worked with her. It includes people of the Department of State, the Department of Treasury, the State Department, the Department of Defense, Mueller back in the days, Comey, Obama, Bush. We can keep going. The list is endless. Because like I said from day one, if we do – day one, this is from early November. The only thing we need is Uranium-1. The minute – that happens, the cards will fall. They will all crumble and they will all give in to him. They will all be locked up the minute that is unlocked. But you know where the keys are? To that company that holds all the intelligence. To that company that feeds them and taps into things. To that company that has records of the facilitation. Now this subpoena... Has everything to do with uranium one and nothing to do with the Mueller hoax of an investigation that they manufactured to literally undermine our democracy because President Trump can't be president, according to them. So when you hear people saying, oh, this is a super secret subpoena and this isn't it, what is this case? Because someone even tweeted out, what is this case? you know this subpoena that came out nobody knows what it is yeah nobody knows what it is because no one's paying attention because if everybody paid attention they would know that case 18A669 is related to the uranium one they would know that this company is linked to the clinton investigation now we're taking just a short break and i'll be right back
4: It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy. But when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now 1 800 707 1219. 1 800 707 1219.
3: Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays and does not go flat.
1: we're back so just so you guys understand this um where i'm getting with this uh sealed argument that's going on is is that they this company appealed this company appealed to the u.s district court saying that they shouldn't you know uh be able to you know uh adhere to the subpoena because they're a foreign country that um you know this company uh which nobody knows who they are reported that earlier this year you know that that this this company has been you know constantly being involved in some grand jury subpoena and they and they went and they asked and they said please you know don't have us comply with this because of xyz reason they even pulled the chit oh it's against our countries laws to comply with the subpoena. And they went before a D.C. circuit panel. There were three judges that said, sorry, man, you have to comply with it. So they they, they lost. So on Tuesday of last week, they filed an appeal. But guess who they filed it to? Because this is interesting. They filed it to the chief justice of the Supreme Court. The same chief justice that ensured that Osama bin Laden's right hand was off. The same chief justice that was appointed, right, to be our Supreme Court Chief Justice after the death of Rehnquist, right? And Rehnquist was appointed by Nixon, right? He was nominated to be up by Nixon. And Nixon... You know, you can have your own thing. I I like, like everything I read about Nixon is good. Any of you thinking anything else about Nixon, you know, we're going to disagree and that's fine. But he died and he was put as Supreme Court justice. Remember, this is a Supreme Court chief justice that can appoint judges with no oversight. He can pick you. Yes, you who may have no law expertise whatsoever and say, I want him or her to be the judge for the FISA court. And nobody can say anything. You know, obviously he's not going to pick someone that doesn't have a background or anything, right? Because that'll cause, but he can if he wants to. That's the point. So they, this has never happened in the history of forever, ever, ever to have to come and testify. So here's what, I believe this company A is. This company A is most likely either Brennan's company that he set up in Luxembourg. That's one. This company A can also be an independent-ish type company of the of a foundation that is linked to the Clinton Foundation and others. Or this inden- independent company could be a spinoff of the Uranium One that's based overseas. But the bottom line is they were bold enough to do something that's never happened in history and appeal to the chief of the Supreme Court, the chief justice of the Supreme Court, the top mind and final say of anything in our nation. That has got to make you see just how deeply embedded this deep state is. Chief Justice Roberts, the one that let terrorists off, the one that ensured that Obama's previous history, his birth certificate, his educational records, marriage certificate, birth certificates of everybody around him, including Michelle, were sealed. This is Chief Justice Roberts. Chief Justice Roberts is more than likely the judge that the Obama administration, along with Brennan, Comey, Lynch, Clapper, all of them, ran to in January asking him to delay the inauguration based on evidence that they've manufactured because they believe that President Trump colluded, well, according to their manufactured data, that's the only thing they could do. They took it there. They tried to say that this man, who has been planning to be president for a very long time, Obama knew that. That's why he called him out during that dinner, remember? Remember how he said, oh, you want to be president, ha-ha, and laughed. Yeah. That man knew. Everybody knew he was going to run. It was just when. So they created the story that he colluded with enemies of our country to undermine our democracy. They manufactured this data, not alone, but with those that we are supposed to call allies, people of the Western world that are supposed to have our back. You know, but as I've said before, it's not them having our back it's us having everybody's back, right? We're in charge. We're the lead mean girl. So they all complied. They all provided information. They all created information. They all helped create this dossier. This dossier based on manufactured fiction, basically. And they created it to go to this chief justice and say... I, as the President of the United States, find that this man, look, I even wrote an executive order. Here are the, the countries that, he's, that, that that we believe he's been working with that are part of this executive order I signed in December of 2016. He committed treason. He undermined our democracy, delay the inauguration. I'll stay in president until we investigate this and figure it out. That was the plan. and they failed. Why? Because I think maybe Chief Justice knows that we already know. I think he already knows that we have the communications. I think he already knows that we can link him to it, and he didn't trust their powered network because it was so expansive. He already knows that he is in a lot of trouble. And if I feel that he already knows, it's probably already happened. Federal Reserve, U.S. Treasury—all this stuff is coming out. Stuff that we've been talking about for weeks on my show, about following the money. Chief Justice Roberts following the money. Remember, he headed the whole drug cartel in Ohio with Clint, with the Clintons and the Bushes. You know, Mina and all. There was a Colorado point and an Ohio point. Who was doing the Ohio point? It was Chief Justice Roberts. It's all coming to a close. It's all coming down on them. They're not very happy about it, but it's coming down. And we're seeing it unfold in front of our eyes. I believe, indeed, that if I was Obama, I would have reached out to him. If I was Obama, I would have created the most stellar dossier supported with intelligence reports manufactured by my allies to convince this judge to delay this inauguration so that i may eliminate him but he didn't comply because it wasn't stellar he knew if that people if people actually looked into it there would be a problem he sensed if you've rigged this election and this man was still elected you've got a big problem on your hands something else is going on that you can't see obama don't be so so bra- brass and don't over don't underestimate him don't underestimate the people cuz like i've said before president trump is a genius not because of the way he's working behind the curtains but because of the people he has working for them he actually has the people working for him that's you and me we are working 24-7, digging, 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 reporting, 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 and they can't stop us. They can't. Because a lot of the people doing the digging and digging and digging are what? Part of that network of the deep state. They know what, if, if you see this, it means that. They know how to maneuver it just as well. And if you take a look at it and see demographic, if, through the demographics, Who are the people that support the president? Top of your list is going to be the military. Those people that have been out in the field. Those people that know exactly what these wars are about. Those people that trained ISIS. Those people that have had their boots on the ground and know that whatever you're being told as to why these wars are being run is false. Those people... That can tell you what really went on. Those people like Chris Paranto who told you what happened at Benghazi. They were ridiculed. They were ousted. Clearances pulled. Those people, the people of our country that have served in the past and are serving now, are at the top of the list following the president and helping him. Using whatever platform they may have, either that be on the internet, in their local communities, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat even, forums like, you know, uh, Liberty Forums, 4chan, 8chan, you name it, they're all on there and they're all talking. And that's millions of people. Millions of people that have served or are serving are at the top of that list. And then it's just Americans that know what's up. Fed up. Citizens. They're like, no more. I will get to the bottom of this. That is why he's such a genius. He crowdsourced. He didn't hire. He didn't make a, you know, put out a mandate or description of what he wants the people to do. He just said, I'm doing this. Are you with me? Because I need you. How many times did he say that on that campaign trail? Because, guys, the deep state, this globalist DC mafia is not after him. He's just in the way of you and me. This man gave us power back with his words, I need you. You, the people. His slogan, which I found, you know, amazing because that is something that I said before it even became a hashtag is that look at Clinton. She's saying, I'm with her. Well, our president is with us. He is with us. And that is something I saw pick up speed and I was so glad to see that everybody else could see it, that this man is with us. We are not with him. He does not want us to follow him. He wants us to walk with him. And this is why Chief Justice Roberts said, no, I can't do this. But what you can do is open up an investigation later. They colluded. This man colluded. So convenient that Rehnquist died and he came into place. So convenient, right? Just like RGB, right? So Ruth fell. And broke her ribs. And I got a lot of flack from Scott Adams because everything I say, I tell him, well, I haven't been wrong yet. And he keeps saying you were wrong about Ruth. Because I said she was on life support. We haven't seen her anywhere. She's not well. You know, and now the report comes out that she found she had nodules in her lungs. Oh, you mean the lungs where she cracked her ribs? Huh. Funny, huh? She is a distraction now and unfortunate now for her to come into the scene. It would have been great back then when she fell, right? And I'm air quoting it, and cracked her ribs. That must have been some kind of fall. But you know, when you're older, you're fragile, right? She broke her ribs, but not her hip. That's really not right. Women her age, when they fall, it's usually a broken hip. But she cracked her ribs, right? So... He says that I was wrong and I still say that I'm not, but I'll, I'll, I'll swallow that. I'll say, all right, I'm taking that difficult, you know, okay, I was wrong pill because I'm okay with saying I'm wrong. It's because from our errors and from our mistakes, we we learn and we grow. My mistake here was that I underestimated them because they made sure to maintain her. I haven't seen her. Have you? Maybe she's been around. I mean, there have been cases on the Supreme Court, but I'd really love to see if she was actually a participant, if she actually um, exists now. But anyway, crack ribs, lung nodules, same anatomical area. We're keeping the narrative. Remember, whenever they peddle something to us, it always has to have a shred of truth because then it's just a flat lie, and that can be made real easy, right? So we've got our Supreme Court justice now, our chief Supreme Court justice, that's going to examine this appeal to him. And I don't know how it gets to him because, you know, I've filed criminal complaints before. I've filed complaints in general. And if you can't find some – if there's no set path for you to get it in front of a judge's eye, a specific judge's eyes – then how is it going to be done? Like, I filed a complaint against an elected official of a certain state. And I went to the U.S. attorney and said, here's my evidence. Boom. Here's this. I'm filing this under RICO, this, 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 abusive office, blah, 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 child trafficking, here you go. And he looked at me. He was like, I can't do this. And I was like, why not? I can't. Why not? Well, it's not the process. And I said, well, I can't take it to my district court because – I don't have a prosecutor that would prosecute this person. They say I'm not allowed to prosecute them, and I'm a citizen. I'm holding them accountable. No, you can't. It's not the process. So, you know, obviously I do what every bold citizen should do, and I sent that same complaint to every office in D.C., which was pretty exciting to see that Jeff Sessions turned up in that state just a couple weeks after receiving it. And then, you know, seeing Jeff Sessions fire that U.S. attorney, too. So, you know, I'm a nobody. I formulated pro se my own document and probably not written very well, <laughs> but it made sense. It wasn't onerous. It wasn't circular. Kind of like a complaint that was thrown out on October 22nd, 2018 that was made against the Clintons about what they've done in Haiti. And I'm still trying to get that case. So it's a case that someone filed against Hillary Clinton and the Clinton Foundation about murder with evidence. And the judge threw it out because it was circulous and onerous and it didn't make sense and it was rambling. And obviously this person has a problem with Hillary Clinton. Yet the person identified how she stole land in Haiti, how she was trafficking children, how there were deaths, how there was this, how there was money here. He had evidence, yet the judge still threw it out because it wasn't formulated correctly. So where am I getting at this subpoena, this request that they don't want to abide for? Now they've appealed to the Supreme Court, the the chief of the Supreme Court, right? The chief justice, Chief Justice Roberts. So how are they skipping the queue or finding a way to appeal straight to him? Why can't I send him my complaint since no one else is looking at it? Part of the appeal process is not to go to the chief justice. So how are they making their own laws? That's my point. They throw it out if it's not correctly put together or if it's not in the correct order. If you don't take the right steps, you go to district court, then you appeal, then you go to the Supreme Court. How do these guys go from, you know, a three-panel court in D.C. straight to the, to the chief justice? How does that happen? How does that happen? That should tell you everything you need. There is no country on this planet that would not adhere to our legal processes. So who is driving this? How much do you want to make a bet that the counsel for this client is more than likely one of the law firms that represent Obama, people of our intelligence community, Clintons, maybe it's Perkin Coy's, Maybe it's Skag. Maybe it's a firm out of Chicago where they hired a Clintonite who oversaw the settlement of Uranium One as counsel at the Department of Energy. And then she moved on to the Department of Treasury, which is all over every single meeting that the Treasury Department had in regards to Uranium One. Maybe it's Priya maybe it's her firm cuz her firm's connected with the obamas and besides what american law firm would skip the queue ah there's no precedent so let's try it right this has never happened before where someone contests you know a grand jury subpoena and cites that their country won't let them abide by it that's interesting you have a subsidiary here in the United States, you have to abide by some of our laws. Isn't that the case? Because if you don't have to, then that means every single person that Humana or, you know, Verizon or Wells Fargo or all these people that have call centers overseas, that means that their employees can't be held accountable for identity theft because it's a subsidiary outside of our country and shouldn't adhere. I'm just saying If this is allowed to happen and that someone can have direct access to the chief justice of our Supreme Court like that, they are changing the way our country works. This is important. Think about it. No one goes to the chief justice directly, except for if you were Obama and you wanted to stop an inauguration. You'd call up your buddy. So this filing... That has never happened before, has no precedent, has never happened, filed directly to the chief justice. Why? How is that even possible? How do you even get a hearing out of it? How does he even look at it? How does that happen? They are literally changing our laws to accommodate what they want to happen. It's all coming down. Because, again, follow the money. We talked about Priya. I wrote an article about her. I told you guys about this lady, right? I told you how the Treasury Department has everything we need. No reconciliation, money going missing, money being transferred, the MENA transaction. You know, Chuck Grassley wrote a great letter asking for every single minute and all the names of the people that sat in on any discussion about uranium One. His office hasn't still got back to me. They still haven't gotten back to me to provide me the response they received. But I'll get it if there is one. And it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, maybe we'll see all that with the new year. Because as we can see, money and the Treasury Department is coming out now, right? As we can see, the Treasury Department is freaking out right now, right? And not only that... If you remember last week, I talked about how graded it was when the American dollar was created, how the dollar was backed by silver, how if you're like me and have silver dollars, you know, you can legitimately go to your bank and say, I want silver for this dollar. I want a dollar worth of silver and they have to give it to you. They can't say, oh no, that's the law. That was the currency that our currency was backed by silver. But, you know, that's not the golden standard, is it? Remember, last week I talked about the Federal Reserve. I talked about how the Federal Reserve is a private company that just came up and decided to back our currency as a private company. And your notes, instead of saying, you know, this is one United States dollar, you know, backed by silver, it now says backed by a Federal Reserve note, an I-O-U. This next hour, we're all going to talk about money. I'll tell you how we're going to reinstate the golden standard. So we don't have people like the Federal Reserve up rates, change rates. Because you know how money, you know, creates power, how your dollar is strong or how your euro is strong. It's dictated by your economy. Not by but what, but about what the Federal Reserve says. It's not a bunch of suits sitting down saying, well, you know, not, this is falling, this is this, let's inflate it this much. No, it is driven by the economy. If there is a big economy or a low economy, that will be depicted in your currency's strength. That's how you create a fair economy. By not allowing people to change it. Or impose changes like the Federal Reserve did last week. But to actually back it. And substantiate it with your trade and your economy. How you're working. If your country is producing, your money will be strong. Your $1 can buy 10 euros because your country is powerful and it is producing and it is high on trade. That is how it works. It's not because the Federal Reserve and the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, which trades on a country's debt, say it's strong. It's because it is strong because you're selling and you're making and you're doing. That's how you know it's strong. So, again, this next hour, I am going to break down to you everything about money and what Trump has done in the background. You think it's coincidental that he spoke about the Federal Reserve just before he dropped you know, to tackle, you know, to topple down our economy. You haven't seen anything yet. We're going to see a big shift in 2019 in our economy. And right after this break, I'll tell you how that's going to happen and what law and what bill is going to help make that happen. I'll see you in a bit. Was a manifestation, was a wrongful text. Well, actually, you know, like I said, it's actually it's an actual bill. It was a bill that was created in order to uh create a law that says that uh microblogging should be included in uh presidential archives of communication. And microblogging, as you know, is being on a forum or chat, kind of like you know, those sites that you subscribe to um uh, with your email and you kind of talk, you know, um, Not so much Reddit, but, you know, forums like 4chan or 8chan. I made that notion, and uh, that's where I'm going with this one too. Now, as I explained to you, the economy is based on natural resources. You know, all these wars are done because of our um, drive to maintain control of natural resources. And we've been talking about oil, we've been talking about gas, But the one thing from the beginning of time that was most precious to anyone was precious metals like silver and gold. And like I told you, the dollar used to be called a silver dollar because it literally said silver. And everything I say, please feel free to look at what I'm saying. Don't go to places like Snopes because, you know, that's already come out that they're literally paid to quash any notion that doesn't align. I'm telling you to look at actual factual information of the history of our banking system and our money. And like I've said, the Treasury has the keys to the kingdom. But before I get into the U.S., let me just direct you to look at the European states. The chief complaint of every single state within the European Union is that the European Union lends out money to these countries. And I'll speak specifically to Greece because I know that very well. As a linguist, one of my languages is Greek. just so happens to be that I'm, you know, of Greek immigrants. But here's the thing. They lend all this money out to these corrupt politicians. They line their pockets in the name of, you know, being one with the European Union to develop countries and tell farmers, hey, you're no longer farming olives. You're going to make strawberries because that's what the European Union said. I don't care if you've been farming, you know, olive trees and making olive oil for, you know, 100 centuries. You're going to do this because that's what the EU says. So under that guise, they were giving money away. But nothing's free. I've said this before. Even your Medicaid as, you know, an old sick person isn't free. The state comes back for that money in the form of taking anything you possess. They will maybe leave you with your underwear. So nothing is free. We have to understand that nothing, nothing, nothing is free. Just like in the European Union. And the one thing that Greece has stymied, even though the Goldman Sachs experts have come, is to delay the inevitable that has happened to other countries like the Ukraine already, which is to take their natural resources. Now, what is a natural resource? Anything that's natural, right? It's not just oil and gas. We're talking silver. We're talking gold. Gold, gold, gold. That's how they used to trade in the olden times, right? Silver coins, gold coins, gold, gold, gold. Everybody keeps saying buy gold, buy gold. Because that's money that's timeless. I have so many friends and family members that, you know, had as children scanned their properties that have been in their families for centuries and found literal gold coins. And they store those gold coins in, you know, banks in Greece, in safes in Greece, just like Greece would be storing gold. So the problem that the European Union has right now with Greece is that Greece has sold off ancient ports to the highest bidder. They actually sold Piraeus port to the Chinese. Piraeus port, one of the most ancient ports of trade, has now been privatized and provided to the Chinese rather than the European Union, but they're selling to pay and pay and pay so that they don't take the gold that Greece has, which is abundant. Remember how rich Greece used to be as an empire. That's one thing they still have at the depths of the National Bank of Greece. Their wealth. We had something like that, had something like that, Right? Had? Had? Fort Knox? Ring any bells? Kentucky? You should ask people, is there really gold in Fort Knox? And most people that are there probably tell you, no. It's been moved for a very long time, but we don't know where it went. Because gold was the way we backed our goods when we traded with other countries. We, We have gold We'll do it like this. Gold, gold, gold. So, again, gold. Natural resource. So here's something incredible. A bill was actually introduced back in March to actually back the dollar, to define what a dollar is. Remember, last week I talked about it. Now it's in the news again. We want to define what a dollar means because like I've told you, I have dollars from back in the, from the days of yore where it says it's worth silver. What is that weight of silver? Is it 0.001? Nobody knows, but it was worth something. Today, your dollar is worth nothing. It is a promissory note of the Federal Reserve, which is a private company Right, Because how many of you have seen protesters go to the Federal Reserve and they're told they're on private property? Because they are. So again, we've privatized the people who back our currency. Attention, please. Privatize the, the, the actual source of what makes our economy go is in the hands of a private—we're privatized. It is not in the hands of the people, because if it was in the hands of the people, our dollar would be backed by something that can be substantiated, not something that somebody else tells you and they're like, just trust us. Because the Federal Reserve and the IMF go hand in hand. We have the Federal Reserve that dictates our economy in regards to how the strength of our dollar is. And then we have the IMF that says how strong our debt is. Strong meaning how much debt do we have to make them rich. They work together. They follow the same cadence. So now we have a bill that was introduced, referred to the House Committee on Financial Services in March of 2018, to define the dollar as a fixed weight of gold. What? You mean no Federal Reserve to tell us how strong our dollar is? No. How strong is gold? And let me tell you something. If our dollar is defined by fixed weight of gold, I hope we have gold. And you know what? We probably do. You know why? Because that D.C. mafia plundered countries. Countries that have been around for eons like Iraq and Libya. Libya. Do you think they didn't have gold? Do you think that these Middle Eastern countries didn't have any gold? I mean, Greece, who's broke and dying under the weight of almost 78% tax on every euro a family member makes. They have gold. You think Iraq didn't have gold? So we have gold. So if we have gold and it's scarce and everyone's collecting the gold globally and we start to define our dollar based on the weight of gold, what does that tell you? Wow. Because the only countries on this planet that are left that do not back their currency by the dollar. Remember, one thing that Gaddafi wanted right? is to ensure that he controls his currency. Same thing that Russia wants, China wants, and Cuba wanted. They didn't want their, their economy being dictated by the strength of the dollar. Every single currency on this planet pretty much is backed, or I would say is um, based on the strength of the dollar compared to their economy, the strength of the dollar. So the dollar substantiates what their currency is worth. In other words, but Libya, Iraq, Iran, North Korea, and Cuba were the only nations that didn't subscribe to it. Russia as well, but not so much because, you know, at some point they were part of the IMF, so they're kind of stuck in that cycle. They want to reverse, of course. So does China. But again, these countries were the ones. That didn't back their economy with our dollar. Which meant that we controlled their economy in essence. And these countries didn't want it. So what did we do? We made them do it. Right? You can't back your stuff with gold. And I know a lot of listeners right now are like, wait a minute, I heard about that. I heard Gaddafi make that speech. Yeah, he's done it. Yeah, he did. So did the Cubans. So what our president is looking to do is define what a dollar really means. Is it really just a Federal Reserve note like it says on your dollar bill? I'm, I'm, Open up your wallet. Take out a dollar bill and see what it says. See what the value of the dollar says it is, and it's a Federal Reserve note. A note is an IOU. There is no real money. No real money. So this is a huge deal. Circling back, treasury. Circling back, money. So this was introduced in March. And, you know, it's going to be fun to see how the House is going to deal with this, the new House, in 2019, if it moves forward. Because Kefefe was introduced and that hasn't moved forward. Probably won't. It probably actually will now that the House is Democrat-controlled. But it'll get stopped at the Senate. So this is a pretty big indicator of where we're going. If we can actually back and define our dollar, if we can define our dollar to be driven by a certain resource, kind of like Saudi Arabia, they back their, their money with gold and what oil, you know, they back it, they have something to back it up. We aren't really backing it up with anything. So if we can actually define it, that if you take your dollar bill and go to the bank and say, I want its weight in gold or whatever it means, if it's one gram of gold, if it's one one thousandth of a gram of gold, that I can actually get something tangible for that dollar. Because right now your dollar is worth nothing. If you go to the bank and say, well, I want a dollar. I want what that dollar represents. You get a big bag of nothing. A nothing, zero donut, nothing. Whereas, You know, 100 years ago, if you went to the bank and said, I want to exchange this for what it's worth, they'd give you silver. So we're defining the dollar as a fixed weight of gold. That is incredible. That is something that will boost the economy because bottom line is if we can back it with a commodity like gold and that if you can go to the bank with your dollar bill, your crumpled dollar bill, the dollar bill that may write – Trump lives here and points to the White House. I love it when I get those dollar bills, right? It's incredible. Um, It would actually work amazingly for our economy because the more we grow as a country, the more we produce as a country, and the more we have trade that we dictate, our dollar gets stronger. So when you go on vacation to the French Riviera and you have $10 today and all you could do is buy yourself maybe a coffee, If your currency is backed with something like gold, when you go to the French Riviera, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get maybe a whole meal plus a glass of wine because your economy is booming. That's what capitalism is. Capitalism is giving you the fruits of your labor. Capitalism is literally providing you the ability to drive your own economy. This will drive our own economy. So inflation, when it comes to having something backed by a commodity like gold, is a lot less. You know, that is how it goes. The Federal Reserve, remember I said in the 30s is when they started rolling out the socialist agenda. But look back to when the Federal Reserve was actually established. And that was done in the early 1900s. And in the 70s, when the full-fledged agenda of this rollout of socialism and global order came through, because remember that the EU idea, the EU commonwealth was, was, was born in the late 50s, early 60s. When they had the plan set in the 70s, they ended the gold standard. Meaning the gold standard was, where's gold right now? That's how our dollar tracks. Because they would be able to align our economy with the fluctuations of gold. If the price of gold went down, the dollar of the price would go down. Um, Even though it wasn't backed by anything anymore, they still created that and, um, you know, adjusted interest rates. The Federal Reserve would make those adjustments based on how gold would trend. But they killed that completely. So first, they stopped backing the dollar, and then 60 years into that, they decided that they're not going to be following the commodity fluctuations to give us money, right, to say that we're rich or not. And this is why in the 50s and 60s, we were very prosperous, and then we suddenly see in the 70s a downturn, even though uh, as as a nation— We were propelling forward. I mean, even the 80s and the 90s, we were supposed to be booming with all these internet companies, this new technology, cell phones, this and that. We were in a growth spurt. But could you imagine how big of that, of a spurt we would have had and how we would have sustained that economy if we actually had our money backed by an actual commodity? That would be insane, right? We would be, this would be like the richest nation on the planet right now. If that didn't happen, if they didn't quash, if they didn't create the Federal Reserve in 1910, and you know, when they created the 1910 Federal Reserve, what happened right after that? Suicides, market crash in 1920, right? Why am I telling you this? Because in 2019, we are going to see the biggest battle about money that you have ever seen before in your life. You think the 20s crash with people jumping out of windows that their dollar wasn't worth, you know. At one point, you were able to, with 25 cents, rent the house for a whole month, and then suddenly 25 cents was literally less than what 25 cents is now because of the way it crashed because they created the Federal Reserve and stopped backing the dollar. So now we're going to see the same thing, and I want you all, and I'm warning you, and remember, everything I talk about is always ahead of the curve because it's predictable, not because I'm psychic. I mean, we could pretend that I have a crystal ball under my you know, studio desk here. But we will have one of the biggest crashes in our economy when this flips. We are seeing that the Federal Reserve is fighting us. And they're fighting us really hard. And to move from a zero-backed currency to a backed currency, it's like pushing the reset button. And then when you reboot your computer, you open up your task manager and your CPU disk is at 100% and you can't do anything. This is what we're going to see. We're going to see a market crash, but not so much, oh, it bottomed out. It's going to be like stagnant and hanging like when your computer is on overdrive, you know, and your CPU disk usage is 100%, not your RAM you know, moving slow, but your actual computer, you know, when it hangs for a little while, when you have too much stuff going on at once, it literally pauses. So we're going to see a huge drop and pause and it is so well orchestrated. And that is when we're going to see our economy emerge from that. And I'm concerned because I know that President Trump would probably want, would want to have done this after the 2020 elections. But the Federal Reserve is using the economy to make sure that he doesn't run for a second term because people in his base will not trust him. People in his base will be hungry. People in his base won't have money. And even though it's temporary to make that switch, you know, people need to understand that. So they were thinking if they can kill the economy and show it trending just like it did when it dropped uh, you know, in, in, in the mid-2000s, that people will jump off that boat and jump onto somebody else's. We need to stay vigilant and understand what's really going on. He wanted to roll this out in his second term, you know, while he's leaving, to say, not only did I serve my country for eight years, but I I I changed the face of the economy of my country to know that after I go, it'll still function. So we are at a tipping point right now because what the Federal Reserve did, even though the president said, don't do it, don't do it, they did it, is their defiance and understanding what his plan was and their attempt to stymie that plan. So wouldn't you want your dollar to be as strong as your economy? I mean, I remember when I was a kid in the 80s, it was so awesome to go on vacation because my $10 got me a lot. Wouldn't you want every time uh, the new uh, company emerges and makes money for your country that that means that your dollar is stronger and you can buy cheaper? This is why the European Union, this is why Africa, this is why Australia, this is why Asia doesn't want us to succeed. This is why they all fall in line behind the globalists because if our dollar is strong and if we actually rely on our own economy and drive our own economy they will be hungry because they are tied into a system that no longer exists if our economy goes down and that's the thing that the cabal hasn't understood trump will not stop What his plan is to create this strong economy. He showed it to you through the agreements that he's working with. He showed it to you by exposing your fraudulent and and nefarious trade agreements that were created to destroy our economy. If he's done that, do you think he's going to stop now? No, he's not. Because if we go down and we shut down the Federal Reserve and we back our money by a commodity the rest of the world will crumble too. They will be out of money because they're backed by the dollar. So if they're backed by a Federal Reserve note and there is no Federal Reserve, their economies tank too. So it'll be a global effect. You think 1920 reset from going from a silver and gold-backed economy to the Federal Reserve creation crash in the 20s was a big deal? Because, again, we have everything we need. All you need to do is look in the past. Don't look at their books that they write. Look at the facts and evidence of things happening. In 19—it in was 1908 that they were discussing the Federal Reserve. Look at old newspapers at the Library of Congress. It'll tell you. In 1910 is when the Federal Reserve was put into effect. And then we had the huge market crash. And it was global— because we decided everyone else is going to follow along. And that's when World War I, and we have World War I happening, a market crash. And then World War II came in, and suddenly everybody was like, yeah, let's do this European Union thing. Let's do this Eurasia thing. Oh, we need to break down the USSR. We need to get everyone on board. That the Federal Reserve, a private company of private persons, will dictate our economy. And in turn, we will have a sister company that will dictate our debt. So we will have a company that dictates how strong our money is, and then we'll have an entity that tells us how much debt we need to be in in order to create a nice balance for them, for them. Private companies, remember, private, private, private. Nothing you can do about that. It's private. Privatized money. This is what we have, privatized money. How is it that a, a country that has so much potential to drive, to have... A, we need an industrial revolution again. Again. But we need it done with a currency that actually means something, that when I take that dollar to the bank, they can actually give me something tangible for it. Because right now, all I get is air. Because they gave us the industrial boom, right? The 40s, the 50s, the 60s, right? They gave us that boom. It was a fake boom, super fake boom. Because it was backed by air. You couldn't take your dollar to the bank and say, hey, give me something for that. Bank's going to be like, what do you mean? What do you want? That's a note. That's a promissory note. It's a Federal Reserve note. It is nothing. It is worth nothing. It is zero. But hopefully, when this all pans out in 2019 and we start, after that crash, that global crash, And I want us to kind of speculate on that. Maybe I'll open up the phone lines. I'll try to see if I could get it working. I don't know. It's Christmas Eve and things aren't really, you know, not a lot of people working today. But think about it for a second. There's going to be a global crash. But in order to remedy that or to make it soft, what else may happen at the same time of this crash? We should think about that. What else may happen during this crash? Which will then allow us to take our dollar to the bank and say, hi, here's my dollar. I'd like to exchange it. And instead of them saying, for what, do you want quarters? They'll say, here's your gold or here's your silver or here's your barrel of oil, whatever it may be. I'll see you guys in a bit because my break's on now. (laughs) And I'll try to open up the phone lines. Again, the number here is 215-TOP-TALK.
4: It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy. But when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now 1 800 707 1219. 1 800 707 1219.
3: Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays. Quiet and does not go flat 9619194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own
1: for the best nights
0: sleep in the whole wide world is my
1: Okay, so again, welcome back. It's Christmas Eve, and on Christmas, like I said, I'm going to have a show um, to give you guys my present, to analyze things so that way you understand, but this prelude that we've been talking about, the dollar being backed by gold, this crash that it's going to happen, and it's going to be global, and it's going to be huge. We see that the Federal Reserve does not want to play nice. They don't want to be extinct. They don't want to be eradicated. You cannot destroy the foundation of this global order that easily. They won't go down without a fight. They won't. And they know that it's coming. Because back in March, not only did this bill get introduced, but our president in that same month you know, made an amendment to an executive order From April 13th, 1984. And why am I telling you this? Because like I said, there's got to be a way to mitigate. We have to mitigate what's going to come. This market crash will affect every corner, every nook and cranny on the planet. But in order to do that, we must have... Something else to distract people. And I know this sounds really bad, but it all has to happen at once. It's kind of like ripping the band-aid off. This isn't something that you can change. You can't flip the economy on its head without destruction we saw that in the 20s we saw that because world war 1 came along we had to find a mitigation this is the way humans are unfortunately they won't stick it out we saw the farmers crying and 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 not sticking it through when the president was like trust me i have your back i'll do my best to help you without creating new problems i don't want to create social programs for farmers Because you're crying. Just stick it out. Trust me. I will take care of you. You are the backbone of my economy. Stand by me while I do this trade war. And yet they whined. Whiny, whiny, small, medium farms could not hold on just a little bit. And, you know, given to them, I understand there should have been some way to help these families some mandate issued to provide them loans without having to go through traditional means, something that the federal government could have backed that should have been done, but he didn't expect so much heat for it. He didn't expect that the cabal would come out like that, right? So, you know, I'm sorry for all my farmers that are hearing me calling him whiny, but, you know, it's, it's, it's tough when someone's critical of you. But now you see he's doing it all for a reason. But he's learned, too. From this, he learned. He understood that there's got to be some form of mitigation. So in March, like I said, this bill was introduced. It hasn't been touched since then. It's been introduced. And this bill that was introduced was to create some form of actual tangible, you know, thing for our money, not air, not a promise area, no, but gold. But how do you flip the the whole world upside down? I mean, we know that the economy all over the world is gonna collapse. We know this. But how do we mitigate the people here? And what you need to do is find an excuse as to why this is happening. You need to tell the people this is why the economy has crashed this is why we're doing it because president trump didn't want to come out and say well look here's how trade works they've all been lying to you they've been dictating the economy so we can stay in perpetual debt so that they can own you so that they can create the 1% and the rest of the 99 no in between this is why you know people are still Part of these the social conditioning, there are people that are like, President Trump, you know, he's okay, but he's just not very nice, and I don't like that. Or I struggle with him because of this, and, you know, unfortunately, people have been conditioned, right? So here's where the mitigation kicks in before we collapse the economy. Executive Order 12473 signed into law on April 13, 1984. That was created for What? It's the manual that we have, UCMJ, on court-martials in the United States. Now, if you can tell the people, here are the perpetrators that have sold you out. They're all going to trial. This is what they did to you. These are the crimes they've done to you. They sold our uranium, making us poorer. They sold this. They did that. This is what they did, and they're going to court, and it's going to be all out there. If you can find the source as to why you are suffering, it's a lot easier for you to deal with it. It's kind of like a patient. If a patient hurts, oh, my tummy hurts, and it's constantly hurting, they go to the doctor, so the doctor could say, oh, it's because of X, Y, Z. Here's the medicine. Here's how you're going to fix it. You feel great. But if you go to the doctor because you're in pain, The doctor's like, well, I don't know. I ran tests, and it's kind of like mind-boggling. Have some Tylenol. Maybe it'll go away. Then they tell you it's all in your head, right? And then you're freaking out, and you're like, but I'm in pain. Why isn't anyone giving me a reason for this pain? So what this genius of a president is doing, he's already created the foundations to disrupt the money. Remember, follow the money. To disrupt this and collapse it. So what he needs to do is give you the diagnosis as to why you're going to go through this pain. And this is why, on January 1st, amendments to Executive Order 12473 go into effect. Specific amendments. So there are certain parts in the manual for court-martial. Court-martial is where you go if you're, um, you know, a member of the armed forces, and you're in trouble. It's a separate court. It's the court that the pedophiles that were arrested in Minot, North Dakota, one for literally pimping out a six-month-old baby should have been tried under. The four soldiers caught, Air Force members caught, officers caught in a child trafficking ring should have gone through court martial. Four of them. Only one is still out there by the name of Zermi. Z H E R M I E I don't know where he is. Podesta turned up. Got him a lawyer. I haven't heard anything. But these people should have went through court martial, but they were uh, you know, done through regular courts, or maybe court martial too. I have no idea. But what is court martial? It's a it's a court where there is a judge and you are tried for crimes as a soldier. But there were amendments done. Amendments done for war criminals. Amendments done for war criminals that are not in uniform, that may have served our country and may not in any capacity. Redefining what it means to be a war criminal. The amendments that were made, the annex that was done, clearly states out that Because Annex 1 was created, it does not state that any act that was done or omitted to have been done prior to the date of this order that is going in effect on the 1st of January 2019 is not punishable when it was done or omitted. Meaning what you did in the past and got away with does not have a free get out of jail card. That's number one. Number two... It also states, just because I wrote this amendment, it does not mean that it invalidates any prosecution of anything you've committed as an offense before this order goes into effect. And that the maximum punishment of the offense committed before the date of this going into effect, which is, which is the 1st of January of 2019, is not going to exceed the maximum in effect at the time of the commission of such an defense. so if you did something you know that was considered to give you five years right five years uh you did something and it says five years just because uh annex one says now you should get 20 doesn't mean that the previous one you know supersedes the next one so there were changes in the way um it's been created, and it doesn't invalidate non-judicial punishments, restraint, investigation, referral of charges, trials, um, other actions that started before this order, meaning that if, for example, Uranium One was being investigated from before, that doesn't mean that it's excluded from being reinvestigated now, or if you got away with, I don't know, a crime Uh, you know, maybe like a murder, you know, and you were found innocent and an investigation was done, that doesn't mean it can't be retried again. You know, if you were impeached because you were just a bad boy, but it was really rape because no woman that's a mistress holds on to a dress with semen and goes to a public, you know, official and says, hey, this is a semen. He made me do this. I'm a woman, and if I was cheating with the president of the White House, I wouldn't be holding on to a dress of evidence. I'm the mistress. I wanted to be kept a secret. Why would I take that to someone if it was consensual? Monica Lewinsky, I feel sorry for you, and I know how big this cabal is. But I was a kid when you were being tried, and I was like, why is she walking around with a dress? Like, if I had a boyfriend and I wanted to keep it secret, I wouldn't be keeping on to a dress with a sample of his Love juice. Think. So again, this this executive order, what is it? What is it? What is it telling you? This is the prelude to the crash. We will see a crash. He's booming our economy, and we're still gonna we're gonna be able to work. We're we're gonna be able to eat. It'll be difficult for us to travel, you know, to go to another country and enjoy the fruits of our labor, you know, on some fantastic beach somewhere else. Or, uh, you know, have fun with some tourist activity. It might be difficult because money is going to be really tough outside of our borders, outside of our borders. I, I, I make note of that outside of our borders, which will cause it, within our borders issues. Because as President Trump has said from day one, bring your companies back. Bring them here and start manufacturing here. Because if you're relying on another country's economy for your company to drive, you will fail. Because the minute we flip the economy on their head, if Apple has a company outside in China and China feels the effect and they have a crash, you will not be able to produce iPhones and therefore you will not be able to prosper. And therefore you will not be able to pay your employees and therefore you will have to let them go. This was all part of the plan. This has been in effect from day one that he swore in. He promised he will rebuild our economy. He promised that he will bring business back here. And this is how he's doing it. He's telling them, bring your plants here. Make your stuff here. Because if your employees are here and they're selling here and they're making things here, then whatever happens out there doesn't affect you. But if you have a company headquarters here, but your operations are in another country during the crash that is reliant on your dollar that you've just eliminated the Federal Reserve. You're not going to be able to produce. You're not going to be able to sustain this economy. I hope you guys are getting this. And unfortunately, I can't open up the phone lines. This thing is just not working with me today. But tomorrow, we will. I will... Un- package this whole thing for you just to see how exciting it is it is very exciting he's been saying it for two years bring your companies back now they're announcing hey i'm building this here i'm creating a new campus because they know it's inevitable and they've made these announcements right and they've purchased this territory and started recruiting and creating these jobs because they're like what if he succeeds we as owners of these big companies will fail miserably they will have to let go of every single person. People are already, big companies, global companies, global companies, are already starting to find source um, materials through the United States to build anything that is made in the USA, 100% made in the USA, and employees 100% American will Prosper. Anything that relies on external economies will tumble. Look at the companies flocking back. Look at the companies opening up shop and new campuses around our nation now. They know. They've got it into, you know, they need to roll it out. They need to make sure that they can sustain and they will hurt a lot. This is how you hurt the big bad wolf with their pocket. So he's been telling them nicely. Bring back the jobs here. As long as there are jobs here, you will prosper. If you have jobs there, you will not prosper. He's created the the tariffs to deter them, to kind of let them know, I've got a plan without telling them I've got a plan. It's all part of it. Because now when the economy crashes and he flips the economy on their head, we see the Federal Reserve coming out with full force. We need a villain. We need to say, why is this happening? You can't tell us that we're going through short-term pain for long-term gain. We don't accept this. This is something Obama kept saying and saying and saying, and it was all BS. We don't trust it. Well, here it is. Executive order going into effect on the 1st of the 1st of 2019. Here are the perpetrators that destroyed your economy. Here are the people that sold you out. Here is what they did. You know, he's not going to rub it in your face that for over, you know, almost 100 years they've been peddling all this because the one thing people don't like is to find out that they've been duped. I mean, it's easier to say you've been duped for a little while and they're such bad criminals and this, and this is what happened. But it's really difficult for a person, even myself and yourself, I'm pretty sure, when you're criticized to say, well, you had part in this, you know, it hurts me to know that that one vote that I gave to Obama helped perpetuate the situation. It does. Because I didn't put so much value behind it, even though it was very valuable for me, and I know how valuable it is. I fell for it because I was not informed. I wasn't paying attention. I mean, I had just come back stateside when I was told to drop my vote. And I was not in the know. I was busy doing things for my country, which meant I didn't have access to information. And that's the thing, the lack of knowledge, the lack of information is what drives people out into the streets to say and, and to repeat things that just make no sense. So I'm telling you, this was always the plan. President Trump has been very transparent with all businesses, to bring their business back. As long as you're in the United States, you will prosper. If you're outside, you're going to have a problem. Those that take his words to face value and understand the underlying tone will do so. Those that don't will fail. This is why small businesses and regulations have gone down because we will rely on small businesses when this crash comes down because within our borders, we will be fine. It's if we're having to work with people outside our borders, that's going to be the problem because like I told you, their economy relies on our dollar. And if there is no Federal Reserve note, it's going to be a problem. And we're all going to feel the effects of it. You know, if Oreo cookies are made in Mexico, we're going to feel the effects of it. We won't be able to afford it because the tariffs are going to be high. The dollar is going to be low. Mexican money is going to be low. Everything is going to just seem so expensive. You know, you were uh, buying cookies for a dollar a packet. Now you're going to have to pay 10. So you're just not going to buy it. And that company is going to go bust. We are going to be killing economies Worldwide, And someone will say that is people's livelihood. Yeah, it is, but it's a necessary reset. It's kind of like losing programs when you reset. But the mitigation is here. The mitigation to those that don't understand what is going on, that don't understand the intricacies of economy, that don't understand the intricacies of geo- geopolitical relations, that don't understand what really drives these uh, foreign policies of every country. Those people that don't understand that the Federal Reserve is a private company, has nothing to do with our economy, it's just fat cats telling us how much we're allowed to say our strength of the dollar is, and that the IMF is there to make sure that we're in perpetual debt. You know, people that can't fathom those ideas, they will have the villain, they will have some justification to this, and this will come With this executive order that is going live on the 1st of January, 2019. We will have that. Tomorrow on my show, I'll be analyzing the whole executive order. We will go through all of it. Because when you go look for it, it's all legalese and I'm not a legal mind. Actually, to tell you, I almost completed my LLB while I was in England. I needed one class, which is property law, which I failed because I couldn't fathom the difference between freehold and leasehold. (laughs) That's what I like to say. But I just didn't attend the class, so I failed it. So... I, I don't know much, but I'm very good at deconstructing. I mean, my forte is being a linguist, and I will break it down just like a did General Mattis's, but I will help you understand the executive order of 1984, what its purpose was, and then I will show you how President Trump has changed that. That's going to be my Christmas present to you, to see the mitigation that we have for the crash that's coming. And keep in mind, you and me will not feel it, As much as many, I mean, well, we might because Walmart prices will skyrocket if they're importing and they don't have local. But if you have farmers markets in your area, if you have local businesses, small businesses that produce within them, those are going to boom. We're going to have more farmers markets than ever. You know, you think fruity markets down in California with farmers that are growing things in their backyard is, uh, you know, just a thing there. It's going to be a huge thing nationwide soon. And, you know, that kind of makes me happy because I'm in a state that produces a lot of food. And I think that's the best way to go because that's how economies should work. You work, you sell, you make money. And these global companies are going to feel it. It's going to be really bad it's going to be really bad. we're going to feel it. We're not going to be having the uh, ability to use Amazon or Chinese companies or buying things from Walmart cheap. you know you're going to have to go to your farmer for that beef. you're going to have to go to your farmer for that pork chop and bacon and that's great. And I don't and I, and I know that we're at a point where we can actually sustain ourselves. We have a surplus so we're good. Our country will prevail. I don't know how others will. Ours will. And we will need to stand by that when the economy crashes. We need to reinvest. Why do you think he spent the past year reinforcing the notion that we need to focus on small businesses, on Main Street initiatives? Why do you think he's done that? It's the prelude. The preparation. He's spoken to all these governors and told them, you need to focus on this. Some of them understood. Not everybody knows his plan because like he said during his campaign, I'm not going to tell the enemy what we're doing. And the enemy are the people that have brought us to this position. His amendment during the same month of this bill being introduced to create a back dollar And this executive order amendment is exactly why he did it coupled together, because we need the mitigation. We need to give people the facts. We need to tell them, all right, this is why this is happening. You have these perpetrators, these people that served us, these people in your country that were destroying it for their benefit. It'll be dumbed down. It'll be put down bare bones, right, for the people, because you can't tell them, wow, it's like this huge network because suddenly everything's tinfoil. So it'll be siphoned down and people will just expect that because the Clinton, Bush, and Obama administration are being exposed for the fakes they are, and I hope that the Chief Justice gets what is due. Chief Justice Roberts, if ever you hear this, it is unacceptable that the position that our country is in has been has come to this because of your hand. Unacceptable. And I hope that he is held accountable actually more than Clinton. Because Clinton and Obama and all of these other criminals, these mobsters, didn't have a position that was so vested highly. I mean, they did. They were president. They were State Department. They were CIA. But those were created, you know, they are created by us. But the Supreme Court justice, even though he's elected by someone corrupt, elected and appointed somewhere, you know, without our real say, just appointed somewhere by corrupt officials, he still has the ability himself to say, you know what, I admire the oath I took and I will not betray the people. He has that ability because they can't get, well, they can get rid of him. You know, he could be Scalia'd. You know, I loathe people like that. People that actually have the power to say no once they're placed somewhere and they don't. They just comply. So remember, the executive order that comes in, that's going to be the first day of daylight because we've got 10 days of no government, 10 days of dark government, and then on the first, the lights go on with this new executive order, and that's where we're going to see things roll out at an exponential rate. I'm telling you by Q1, we will have tribunals executed. We will have Gitmo filling up, and we've already seen it. I'm very excited, and I know that this is the best present our president has to offer. And all I can offer you is the actual EO breakdown tomorrow. So I will be here tomorrow, and we'll talk executive order going into effect on the first, which is the mitigation for this crash of the economy that we're going to see. Until then, I hope everyone opens up presents tomorrow, is happy, healthy, and surrounded by people they love and family. Remember, you can always follow me on Twitter at Tori underscore says, or come on to com and read up on what I write about, because whatever I talk about, I write about. Merry Christmas!